Recording has started. Uh, Chair Schmidt, do you want to introduce the meeting or shall I? I uh, please. Uh, yeah. Okay. This is the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force Complaint Committee of the City and County of San Francisco. We are meeting in hearing room 408 at City Hall, 1 Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place, San Francisco, California. This is a regular meeting. Today's date is July 18, 2023, and the time is 535. Uh, remote access or in-person participation. The Sunshine Ordinance Task Force and its committees convene hybrid meetings that allow in-person attendance, in-person public comment, remote access for petitioners and respondents, and remote public comment via teleconference. Uh, the WebEx remote link in, link login, tinyurl.com forward slash 22er35k9. The password is sunshine. The telephone call-in number is 415-655-0001, and the meeting ID is 2598-795-5499, pound, pound. Press 3 to enter the speaker line. Uh, shall we begin with, uh, do you want to state meeting decorum, Chair Schmidt? I don't have it up on my screen. All right. Yes, meaning decorum. Any member of the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force may call for decorum due to disorderly conduct of meeting participants. Persons who engage in threatening and or menacing behavior may be asked to leave. Um, uh, shall we call item number one? One, please. Item number one, call to order, roll call, and agenda changes. Roll call. Member Wolf. Present. Member Wolf present. Member Stein. Member Stein present. Dean, um, Chair Schmidt. Present. Chair Schmidt present. We have a quorum. <clears throat> uh, shall we address agenda changes? Yes. Uh, agenda changes. I can't hear you. Are there any oh, agenda uh, changes? How about now? Yeah, perfect. Okay. Okay. I have uh, one agenda change that I was made aware of uh, last Friday afternoon. Item number four, file number 23006, complaint filed by Amy Silverstein against the Office of the Treasurer and Tax Collector for allegedly violating Administrative Code Section 67.1A as an apple by failing to serve the public and reach its decisions in full view of the public. D, by failing to let the public know what their government and those acting on behalf of their government are doing. 6724B1I through 2I, by failing to provide information on litigation materials. And 6736, by failing to allow the Sunshine Ordinance to supersede all other local laws. Uh, that, that case was removed, uh, like I said, uh, late last Friday afternoon. Uh, Mr. Chair. Yes. Yeah, I would like to make a request when those uh, happen that the uh, committee members or whatever committee or the task force be notified immediately. I spent uh, a lot of my weekend reading that file, which is extremely long and large and com complex. That's fair. Yes, I can. Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, especially that kind of case, I think that, what was it, about 700 pages of yeah. a file. 
So, yeah, I think that any time uh, an upcoming case is is taken off the calendar and it's a matter of, you know, people are preparing for the hearing, if, um, if we could uh, just get notice out to the panel members as soon as possible, that would be great. Yeah, and this is Member Stein. I would just add that if you could make it a high priority email, you know, like an urgent email, um, and maybe even have something in all caps, <laughs> that would be very helpful. Any other um, agenda changes? I have another. Okay. Um, uh, yes, Member Wolf. Yeah, so for uh, items like um, item number seven and eight, okay, where they are uh, fairly common. I mean, we can't necessarily uh, combine them, but the matter of whether, you know, it's within our jurisdiction, whether it's a public record or not is, you know, uh, might be considered to be fairly straightforward. Um, if we can maybe have them all in one meeting um, to kind of get them out of the way, because I imagine that all of these were filed pretty close together. You're talking about the Petrellis cases. Yeah, we should bunch them and try to uh, figure out a protocol to just get them done real quickly since the same issues are in each one. Uh, that's fine, but it, right now we don't have anything other than Mr. Petrellis's case that are related to um, a property calendar. There were, I understand that, but in the previous meeting last month, uh, he also had others for other supervisors for the same exact uh, complaint. So I'm suggesting that they all, if, if they're all being, if they come in all in one month, then we uh, take care of them all in, in that month's meeting. Uh, but how do we address uh, then? May I um, ask a question? This is Victor Young. Uh, yes. There is the rule that we, general rule that we don't have more than two complaints per complainant on a single agenda. So that, that would uh, have to be factored in. I understand that, but I, this is kind of like a quasi, you know, we can't combine them with, you know, because they're different um, respondents. Uh, but the issue is, is, you know, it's the same for all, all the complaints. I'm just looking at a more efficient kind of build a little more efficiency and provide a little more room for future, you know, other agendas so we can get get some more complaints faster. Just a suggestion. Sure, sure. It does seem that there is somewhat of a contradiction there because the rule that says two max, maybe, uh, maybe that could be somehow um, amended to deal with this kind of situation. We should definitely consider that um, as a possibility. It may be something to have the rules committee take a gander at. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Um, I'm going to have one quick question, uh, but let's see if there are any more agenda changes. I don't think there are.
Uh, but my question is, um, if anyone knows the status of whether there's been any change to people appearing here remotely, or is it everybody who's a party allowed to appear remotely? Is it just uh, petitioners? Is there any uh, change? Uh, Schmidt, uh, this is Victor Young. Yes. Uh, as far as I know, we have not changed any rules. Uh, members are required to show up in person unless they have a waiver. Uh, all other parties are allowed to participate remotely at this time. Okay, so petitioners and respondents and witnesses are allowed to participate remotely. Thank you, Victor. Okay, um, that's what, anything else on number one. Okay, let's. Um, uh, I do have a few hands raised. I don't know if they wanted to comment on this, but. Well, let's let's allow comment see if someone has something to say about it i don't have a problem with that okay if uh you would like to make public comment on this matter uh you can raise your hand by pressing star three if you're on the telephone or otherwise use the application i'm going to go ahead and unmute our uh first person with their hand raised uh, could we get your name if you're uh making public comment hi this is Michael Petrellis calling in. I first wanted to verify that um, I had successfully uh, dialed in and raised my hand. Uh, regarding the matter at hand, I want to uh, thank you, uh, commissioners, for um, uh, proposing uh, consolidating the complaints that um, I have filed recently regarding calendars with supervisors in particular. If there is a way for you to legally streamline such requests, which um, uh, unquestionably are about public records, I'm talking about the Prop G calendars, uh, a streamlining process would be appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, moving on to our next caller. Caller, I have unmuted you if you'd like to make public comment on item one. And uh, please start with your name. Maybe, maybe there's no public comment uh, from okay. this person. All right. Moving on to our next one. Wait, can you hear me now? Yes. Yes, I can. Uh, it's David Pilpel. Um, so I was actually somewhat uh, intrigued by item four. A um, couple of points there. If there is a, a, a change to the agenda, if it's possible to uh, post an amended agenda and you know just indicate that this item will not be heard and what its status is, that would have helped not just members of the task force but uh, members of the public. Because uh, I would have, you know, made other plans for tonight. Can you also just uh, clarify as to item four what its status is and the the reason for not hearing it? Is it still an active file that uh, 
for which a, a continuance was requested and, and granted, or has the matter been settled, or what's, you know, just its status. That's all. I'm not getting into the merits right now. Uh, Thanks. When I heard from this particular petitioner, she just said, I would like to close out my complaint. That's it. Uh, this is Victor Young again. If we can get that confirmation in, in writing that she is withdrawing, it would be appreciated. Uh, otherwise, we may have to close it due to inactivity. Too bad. Uh, this looks like they spent a lot of attorney's fees getting it before us. And uh, also too bad because <laughs> we, we um, it was a complicated one. And also, I thought there were some issues there that were um, quite uh, intricate in terms of the law. All right. Um, any other public comment, Victor? Sorry, my apologies, Chair Smith. Uh, at this time, um, since we don't have anything in writing, maybe uh, we can just continue it uh, with the intent to close it out or something to that effect once we get to item four. Because a, a verbal statement of uh, of not wanting to proceed is not good enough for us. I, something I, in writing. I completely agree. Uh, let's do that when we get to that number. Uh, we'll be clear about it when we get to the number. Okay, have we... Uh, Any more uh, public comment? Otherwise, we'll move to number two. I have no more indications of public comment for item one. Number two. Oh, uh, one second. Someone just raised their hand. Okay, we have one more public comment. Hello, caller. I have unmuted you. I will defer to Cheryl for your public comment. Um, I believe you just spoke on is number four the Amers, Amy Silverstein matter. Yes. Well, she did send something in writing. It wasn't verbal. Okay. It uh, was sent on Friday. July 14th, 2023 at 9, 12 a.m. And, and, and could you tell us what the content is on, of that written uh, item? Uh, it's to the SOTF, comma, BOS, uh, and me. Good morning. We have decided to withdraw our complaint file number 23006. Thank you to the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force and its staff for their service in this matter. Okay. Amy Silverstein, her letterhead, et cetera. Withdrawn. All right. So so we'll um we'll call it when we get to number four, but um we'll just clarify what's happened here. Thank you for for um giving us the, the actual language about what had happened. Yes, and it is in writing, so it should be in your email. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, uh, number two. Item number two, approval of the June 20, 2023 Complaint Committee meeting minutes. I have a copy of the minutes. Does anybody have any comments? Okay, or? let's start with members. I have no uh, edits myself. Members, anything? Um, this is member Stein. I have a few edits. So on uh, P2, 
it says Chair Schmidt called the meeting to order. <laughs> I believe Chair Schmidt was not there. Um, so I think it should say Chair Wolf called the meeting to order. And then P5. Wait a second. Yeah, okay, well. And P5 under item six, um, it says eyes three, Stein and Wolf. It should say eyes two. Um, page six, item seven, it should just say under action, it should say moved to table and dismiss the matter, not dismissed past tense. And then page seven, item eight, wait, no, sorry, it's page, I think it's page six, item eight. Um, it should just sit somewhere, it says computer added dispatch, it should say computer aided dispatch. Uh, it's in, that's in item eight. It's in item eight. It's the second paragraph, uh, the third line down. It says computer added dispatch. Second paragraph item eight. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for it right now. Third line. Computer. Yeah. Uh, provided three individual computer dispatch numbers. Let's see. No, no, Jorge Rivero provided a summary of the complaint and requested the committee to find a violation. Mr. Rivero said he requested a copy of a computer aided dispatch, not added dispatch. Okay. And you might want to use the acronym CAD because that's what everybody uses. I, if you use it, I would put it in parentheses after computer aided dispatch. Correct. And those are all my changes. Member Wolf, do you have any comments? No, I picked up the same ones. All right, thank you very much. Yeah, I have no um, opposition to making any of those um, changes. Okay, I'll move to approve uh, as uh, as amended. Second. Public comment. Yes, if anyone would like to make public comment on this item, you can raise your hand. If you're on the phone, it's star three. If you're on the application, you can use the application to raise your hand. I will unmute our next caller. Uh, David Pilpel, just very quickly, uh, the uh, comment on item seven, the action taken to table and dismiss the matter, uh, that's true, and I think that same language applies to item four on page three, to table and dismiss, uh, no ED, uh, the matter without prejudice, blah, blah, blah. Other than that, uh, that, that looks good to me. Thanks. Joe, did you uh, catch that? What, okay, what Mr. Pilpal said. Uh, yeah, we'll make those changes too. You gotta speak up, Dean. Okay. All right, any any other public comment? I do not have anybody else listed for public comment. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think we're ready to vote to approve. Uh, who was 
Uh, one moment. I just had someone raise their hand and lower their hand. Never yes. mind. Yes. Are you taking public comment from the room? Stop. The question. You skipped it last time. I didn't hear call for public comment in the room. So I'm asking if you're doing it on this item. Uh, we, we certainly are welcoming public comment from the room. Uh, it's not a separate item. And if anyone hears the call for public comment, please step forward. And okay. I didn't hear the second on the uh, motion. Um, oh, it, it was member Wolf. Okay. was the second. And uh, we have a public commenter uh, present in the room who can go next when, when Cheryl's ready. Okay, uh, do we have a public commenter online, Victor? You're taking it from the room for the previous yes. item? Uh, yes, for the, for the, uh, for the motion. Uh, we, we, yeah, we, we have one public commenter present here. Okay. Mr. Warfield, did you want to make public comment? Yes, thank you. I'm used to uh, there being clarity about who is being requested for public comment. When I hear uh, Victor being asked about public commenters electronically, I don't sense that the room has been called upon. Uh, also, in terms of sequence, you know, you can choose the sequence, I suppose, but I think it needs to be clear. Uh, also, I don't see anything which I can, where I can see, for example, Member Wolf. I think he's, he may be, I can't see who that thing is on the right. It's a person, I guess it's Member Wolf, but it's on the administrator's, I think I see a hand waving. It's on the administrator's, in the past, I think there have been remote participants visible on the large screen in the room. So I'm wondering what's, has the protocol changed? It's even from the podium, I really can't tell what's going on. It's very small. Uh, that's a question. With respect to the um, changes that were proposed by uh, Member Stein, I do appreciate care with the minutes. I very much appreciate that. However, I had trouble following what the changes were when page numbers and item numbers were referenced because I couldn't find from the page number the item number, except on the last one where I believe the comment was about file 23023, item eight on page five. But the other ones I had a great deal of trouble following. And if you might, I would very much appreciate if you could just quickly go over what the changes were that were proposed and otherwise I wasn't at the meeting and I don't have a comment. It's just that trying to follow the changes. I think it, it wasn't clear to me as sitting in the room. Should I do that? It, okay. Stein, if you, if you would. Okay. So I, I, I should let. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Finish his oh, okay. comment and then it, as you, you, Member Stein wishes to respond when you're finished. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Uh, Member Stein. 
uh, to go over those changes again quickly, I hope um, P2, which is the, you know, I'm referring to the numbers at the bottom of the page of each packet under item one. That's, you know, the number one on. It's the second page of materials in the packet in the packet. It, what are those numbers called at the bottom of the page, Cheryl? I, I, um, I don't. You could Follow. call them Bates numbers. Are they the Bates numbers? They are Bates numbers. Okay, so they are they in the pack in the thing that the public gets? Um, uh, yes, we are talking about the minutes. There's no page number at the bottom. Bates numbers on these pages don't have a key in front of them. Oh, okay. So, so but is there a two at the bottom of the page? Uh, there's not a two from when I scanned. Okay, then I, I'll just say under item one, the first item, those those numbers don't change. It says that uh, Chair Schmidt called the meeting to order. I corrected that, that Chair Wolf called the meeting to order. Chair Schmidt was not at the meeting. That's under item one. Under item six, um, it says that there were two eyes. I mean, it says that there were three eyes, and it should say that there were two eyes because there were only two committee members present. Under item seven, I just said that it should say dismiss, um, not dismissed, that the complaint was that we would dismiss it under certain, you know, we intended to dismiss it, but not that it was already dismissed. Um, and then I believe Mr. Pilpel added that that also appeared in a later item that the wrong tense was used. And then under item eight, there's a reference to the phrase computer added dispatch in, I believe it's the second paragraph, the third line down, and it should just say computer aided dispatch. Okay, much appreciated, Member Stein. I think I think it's all uh, made clear uh, at this point. Okay, um, I having uh, concluded public comment, let's go ahead and vote on this. Chair Schmidt. Hi. Chair Schmidt, I. Member Wolf. Aye. Member Wolf, I. Member Stein. Aye. Member Stein, I. We have three in favor. So next we will have a number three general public comment. Uh, uh, when you're when you're ready, Victor. Now, item number three, public comment. Members of the public may address the committee on matters that are within the committee's jurisdiction, but not on today's agenda. Yes, if there's anybody uh, who would like to make public comment, if you're in the room, you can approach the podium. If you're online, you can raise your hand by pressing star three or otherwise use the application to raise your hand. Do we have anyone online? Uh, no one has raised their hand yet. Okay, so let's go to the room then. Uh, we do have a commenter when Cheryl's ready. 
Yes, please. Um, Just a moment, Mr. Warfield. Beg your pardon? We need to reset the timer. You ready, sir? Yes. Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, the sound quality here is kind of booming. It's a little hard to understand, and sometimes the volume is rather low, just so you know. Uh, I have some procedural questions or concerns. Um, at the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force full task force meetings, there are detailed procedures shown that are fairly straightforward about how you proceed with hearings about complaints. Essentially, five minutes for the complainant, five minutes for the respondent. Then there can be discussion, I believe, but in any case, there's three minutes for each, the respondent and the rebuttal, uh, excuse me, the respondent and the complainant each have three minutes for rebuttal. I looked in vain for procedures on the hearings in this hearing room, number 408, and I couldn't find anything. Uh, I did get in touch with uh, the administrator who said that it's, bottom line said that it's up to the chair, and I asked, is that written any place, either in the agenda or any place else, for example, in procedures? And I was told, no. So uh, I was told it's basically up to the chair, and that I've, I said at the, to the administrator, it seems that whatever the rules are, they should be clear with respect to how hearings are conducted. There's a lot of material very often, and even the simplest complaint uh, seems to me there should be clarity about procedure. People need to know what to prepare for. Uh, as I understood it from the administrator, it would be up to the chair on each of the complaints. I certainly would hope that the hearing procedure that's outlined in the procedures for hearings in your bylaws, I believe, or wherever in the wherever you have them, would be followed because I think it's a reasonable approach that the presenter presents the complaint first, the respondent can respond. And then, in particular, the sequence of rebuttals. The rebuttals, I think, fairly and properly are such that the respondent gets to make a rebuttal first, and the second person to, to make a rebuttal is the complainant. And I have no idea what to expect for this hearing, uh, or for that matter, wherever you don't have anything listed on the agenda. So I also would like to ask if the chair can explain what the procedure will be today. Thank you. Thank you. Unless there's other public comment, we um, can move on to number four. There's no, oh, we have one person just raised their hand. All right. When Cheryl's ready. No, I'm ready. Uh, do we have another speaker? Yes, David Pilpel, very briefly. Go ahead. As long as everyone's sitting down, I will agree with Mr. Warfield tonight on this particular point. I think the uh, boilerplate that's on the full task force 
agendas at the end about meeting procedures should uh, be used for both the full task force and the various committees. So the procedures uh, that apply to hearings apply throughout and just that, you know, the appropriate boilerplate be used and to the extent that it wasn't or hasn't that um, that be attended to in the future. I don't see a huge problem with that. Those are my thoughts. Thanks for listening. Okay, thank you. Um, I think number four is is next. Item number four, file number 23006, complaint filed by Amy Silverstein against the Office of the Treasurer and Tax Collector for allegedly violating administrative code section 67.1A by failing to serve the public and reach its decisions in full view of the public. Item D, by failing to let the public know what their government and those acting on behalf of their government are doing. 6724B1I, by failing to provide information on litigation materials. And 67.36, by failing to allow the Sunshine Ordinance to supersede other local laws. And it's a, oh, go ahead. Since this matter was withdrawn, I would state that uh, this matter is no longer under the jurisdiction of the committee, and we don't need to take any action on it. Yeah, the the matter was withdrawn, and it it is uh, we now know it is confirmed in writing that it was withdrawn by the petitioner. I think that's all we need to do. Thank you, Victor. Okay. Would you have a public commenter if you'd like to accept that? Uh, well, I'll, I'll allow it. I, I, I'm not sure if, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Public comment. Go ahead, Victor. When Cheryl's ready. Uh, do we have a speaker ready? Uh, can you Mr. hear me Chair, now? Uh, just a point of order, Mr. Chair. Do we have a, uh, an action on the floor with a maker and a second? No, there's not. I, I guess I'm giving some leeway here. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Mr. Pilpel. Uh Yeah, David Pilpel again. I think this is it for me for tonight. Um, I understand now that the matter was withdrawn and is not before the committee, so no action needs to be taken. I went back and found that the EOT committee discussed a related uh, complaint in March. Um, and I just wanted to confirm if it's possible that that file 23004 against the uh, city attorney's office, that that is still live uh, and it's only uh, 23006 that was before the committee tonight uh, that's been uh, withdrawn. Um, and so the, there, there are some related issues and I'm hoping that they get uh, discussed at some point because this really is a, a bit of fascinating uh, stuff, and I, I hope it's not all completely lost uh, to the wind here. Okay, thank you. Uh, does anyone know if there's some status update on that other number, number four? I don't. Moment, I will look it up. According to what I see, it was heard by EOT and it's pending a SOTF hearing. 
Great. Okay. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Okay, thank you. Uh, it looks like we may have a public commenter in the room. Uh, Mr. Young, do we have a public commenter online? Uh, you can take the room. Mr. Warfield, did you want to make public comment? Yes, please. Okay. You may begin. Uh, thank you for answering the question that a member of the public, Pilpel, asked on item one and the what seemed to be the subsequent explanation about the reason for the withdrawal, including who requested it and how, and the discussion a little bit uh, by Victor as to whether or not there was confirmation. I did not understand in the room who spoke to confirm that this item was withdrawn uh, and when and how. Uh, I, I didn't follow that from the sound that's available in the room. And uh, so I think since it's this particular item, it might be helpful to just fill in those bits that were mentioned in item one, because it's related on this item for those who might want to listen to this item and understand better what happened. Thanks very much. All right. Thank you. I do not see any additional hands raised uh, for remote comment. Okay. And I'll, I'll just say it. I, I believe it was uh, Ms. Liu who's here on another matter who clarified that there was a uh, withdrawal. And that's uh, Ms. Liu from the tech treasury and tax collector's office. Okay. Um, I will, before we go to the next item, this is the point in time where I will explain uh, what procedures we're going to follow here. Uh, we do not, in this committee, follow uh, the same procedures as before the full task force. There's no, um, there's no clear rule in writing as far as I can tell as to what procedures should be here. Uh, here, we, we have no ability to make any final decisions. This is a, a committee that basically looks at a couple of preliminary questions. Are there public records or public meetings involved? Does the task force have jurisdiction. We may uh, make recommendations. Sometimes we do, sometimes we do not. Uh, and in various many cases, uh, we will send the matter to be heard before the full task force, but only the full task force can make any decisions. That's how the rules are written at this time. We will hear first for up to three minutes from the petitioner, and then for up to three minutes from the respondent. Then uh, the matter is open for questioning by the members to either party 
There are no rebuttals. We, after questioning, uh, we will make a determination as to what to do with the matter. All right, let's call the next item, please. Item number five, file number 23052, complaint filed by Stillian Bajanski against Deborah Liu and the Office of the Treasurer and Tax Collector for allegedly violating Administrative Code Section 6721 uh, and California Government Code Section 6253C as in CAT by failing to respond to a records request in a timely and or complete manner. This is the first time this case has been heard. Uh, this is Victor. If, um... A representative from the Office of the Treasurer and Tax Collector can raise their hand so I can identify you. Thank you very much. And then I believe that Ms. Bajanski is present. I have made them a panelist. Oh, give me a second. Okay. We should have all members present. Excuse me, Dean, you said three minutes each party? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so shall, shall we begin with the petitioner, uh, Mr. Young? They are unmuted uh, at your discretion. Uh, is this the uh, petitioner that is Mr. Bajanski? Hello, can you hear me? Mr. Bajanski? Yes. Okay, great. Yeah. I just wanted to be clear about that. Okay. You have right, three, three minutes to make your presentation. Are you ready to begin? Yes, I'm ready. Go ahead, sir. Hello, my name is Philly, and I would like to mention two things. First, I'm not aware. First, I'm not sure whether Mr. Tyrell of Treasury and Tax is aware of this complaint. But this is my eighth complaint in the last four years towards the tax and treasure team for pretty much the same reasons. Some of the excuses that I've heard so far for not delivering the public request on time are not good enough software that can process the privacy reduction, not enough people in the department to handle the request. The petitioner submits too many requests. The petitioner requests contain a lot of information which takes longer to process and the petitioner requests information which is already public. Due to the COVID emergency mayor's proclamation, the respondent claimed that they have unlimited time to respond to any request. The most popular excuse of all was that there was there is pending litigation which took most of the time since there was plenty information withheld due to attorney privilege. Out of the eight complaints that I brought up to the Sunshine Task Force, violations were found in three of them. Uh, regarding complaint 23052, I submitted the public request 23-1965 back on April 11, 2023, and it was not closed until May 19, 2023, which is 38 days. Just as a comparison, the local Sunshine Ordinance Task uh, ordinance sets the time to respond to a public request to 10 days and California government code 60 to 50 through C 
which has set it to 24 days. As you can see, there is a quite a delay in terms of delivering the public request. Also, it's important to note that during this time, there was no pending litigation. There was a judgment entered based on the pending litigation on March 8, 2023. So I'm curious what kind of excuse the tax and treasure team has now. Second, I'm uh, well aware that the Sunshine Task Force ordinance doesn't not have any executive power, but I will keep raising those complaints because there is a lot of advertising that the local ordinances are better than the state laws. Maybe they are, but so far I haven't seen any anything better, especially when it comes to the timing of releasing public records. Thank you so much. That's all for me. Thank you. When Cheryl's ready, we can hear from the respondent now. Uh, may I ask who's speaking for the Treasurer and Tax Collector's Office? Yes, this is Christopher Terrell. I'm the Assistant Tax Collector Attorney at the Treasurer and Tax Collector's Office. Is your name spelled T-E-R-R-E-L? It's T-I-R-R-E-L-L. Thank you so much for that. Are you ready to begin speaking? I am. Go ahead, sir. Good evening, honorable task force members. Uh, this request arises as a result of Mr. Bajanski's 24th public record act request to the treasurer and tax collector's office. In the past 23 months, the requested issue here was submitted on April 11th, 2023 at 912 AM. Within 15 minutes of receiving petitioner's request, the legal staff assigned the IT section to pull the responsive records. IT staff provided email records for 26 TTX staff members. Ultimately, there were found to be 240 responsive items. Many of these items were subject to privilege and redaction, uh, required a large amount of time from TTX staff to sort, review, and redact the documents. The legal assistants spent approximately 8.675 hours per week for a total of 46.75 hours, uh, ultimately producing 240 uh, responsive items, I believe. The uh, response was re replied to in a timely fashion. Uh, TTX receives many responses, <coughs> excuse me, many requests from other requesters. Uh, Mr. Bajanski is not treated any differently than any other requester. We work to respond to and provide responsive records as quickly as possible. Yeah, thank you. All right, so uh, at this point, we may have questions from the members to the parties. Member Wolf, anything? Uh, the only question I would have for the respondent, have you claimed that any documents were not uh, disclosable? And you have you withheld any documents? Yes, there were documents that were withheld on the basis of attorney-client privilege, uh, attorney work product doctrine, and taxpayer confidentiality. Were there any documents that you claim to be not public and 
did you cite those uh, any 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 statute with related to that? Yes, in each case where a document was redacted, a redaction reason was given and a citation to the code section that was applicable was provided. In addition, any documents that were withheld in their entirety were also identified uh, for uh, the, the reason that they were withheld. Okay, thank you. I, I asked those questions only to assure that we have a complete record for the task force if this item gets approved. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I don't uh, know if there's any other questions uh, that we have at this time. So we certainly could um, talk about uh, what we want to do with the matter. I don't know if I'm seeing any questions about jurisdiction. Uh, these are clearly public documents that are involved here. Uh, members, any thoughts on what to do with this? Um, this is member Stein. Um, so my understanding is this was an IDR that the department did respond within one day saying that it was going to take longer um, to supply the materials. They, you know, in keeping with the rules for IDR, they released documents as they were available. So their first release was 10 days later and their final release was about five weeks later. Um, it seems like there are some kind of legal cases going on between the petitioner and the respondent. So it seems like, um, you know, it's legitimate that it had to be reviewed for uh, confidential legal information or attorney client privilege. So my, my uh, inclination would be to say that these are public records under our jurisdiction um, and, but to forward it to the consent calendar with a recommendation of no violation. I'll second that. Public comment. Yes, yeah, so if there's anybody in the room who'd like to make public comment, you can approach the podium. If there's anybody online who'd like to make public comment, you can raise your hand by pressing star three or otherwise using the application to raise your hand. Okay, I'm not getting any indications of public comment for this matter. Thank you, Victor. We can uh, have our vote then. Member Stein? Aye. Member Stein, aye. Chair Schmidt? Aye. Chair Schmidt, aye. Member Wolf? No. Member Wolf, no. Uh, two in favor, one against. Uh, Chair Schmidt, I, I just want to bring up a possible issue. If this goes forward on the consent agenda, I'm not sure if a unanimous vote is necessary on the consent. I thought the motion was for no violation. Uh, it was to refer to the consent agenda with a recommendation for no violation. Oh, okay. I would, I mean, I, I think your question, uh, Victor, is a good question. My inclination would be to think that a two to one vote would 
would serve the same as a unanimous vote. I don't know if there's any any provision that says um, that unanimity is necessary uh, in any situation. Uh, I certainly I'm open to being corrected on that, but my inclination is to think that this two to one vote would suffice just as a three zero vote would suffice. Does any uh, members, do you know of anything that um, differs from that? I don't, recall, I don't recall, but maybe chair, and maybe member Wolf does. Well, I mean, unanimous is very different than majority. They, they, they're not interchangeable. No, if but I, the question is, did we have rules? Did we set up any rule saying that things could only go to the consent calendar if there was unanimity? Oh, that's uh, the question. Uh, I am no. Or is it just, you know, do, do are we just relying on a quorum, a majority? Um, I, I don't think there was a. I don't recall it either. I don't recall it either. Hold on. Let me just check uh, this is Victor Young. I don't believe that the Sunshine Owners Task Force addressed that issue. Uh, I was just going based on general knowledge that if it's on consent, there's usually no opposition. But the way we understand consent, things can still be pulled off the consent calendar if there is disagreement. Yeah. So if people read it and say, no, this needs to be, have a full hearing at this full task force level, it can still be pulled off the consent calendar. So that to me would also mitigate against needing to have unanimity. It's not a done deal just because it's on the consent calendar. Correct. But the procedure here is still, you know, there's still validity based upon the procedure here. If it, if the, if the uh, determination uh, for a tally of a vote is supposed to be, um, uh, you know, unanimous versus majority. That makes a difference because it would mean it would uh, it was supposed to be unanimous. It's supposed to be unanimous, and it's not, then it would fail. Right, but I thought if there's quorum and there's a majority, that's what we right. accept. Yeah. That's that's my that's my uh, my recollection. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so based on your your responses, I believe we can move forward with it with the vote. Uh, the that the issue of that issue was not brought up previously. Yeah, if someone finds the word unanimous unanimity in the rule the, the rules that were set up for the consent calendar then then that would that would make a difference it would make a big difference but i don't think anyone thinks that there's any such word in there or any word that's has the same significance as unanimous so i do believe that uh the vote that we just had uh does send this validly to the consent calendar and at full task force 
any member can uh, pull it out uh, if and and so that that is an option that has not um, gone away here. Okay, uh, so I believe that that matter is uh, concluded. We can move on to the next item. Thank you, task force members. Thank you. Item number six, file number 23034, complaint filed by the Library Users Association against the San Francisco Public Library for allegedly violating administrative code section 6721 by failing to respond to a public records request in a timely and or complete manner. This is the first time this action has been heard. Okay. Um, <laughs> first, uh, uh, when Cheryl's ready, three minutes from uh, the petitioner, <laughs> followed by three minutes from the respondent. Uh, this is Victor Young. I was wondering if the petitioner can raise their hand, if they're online, so I can identify you. Okay, thank you very much. There's nobody at the podium in the room on behalf of the Library Users Association yet. Oh, well, now we do have a petitioner. Uh, do we not have a respondent? Because um, I heard- We do from... have a respondent. Oh, I see your hand raised. If you can identify yourself, it would be appreciated. Yes, hi, thank you so much. This is Margot Shaw with the library. Yeah, okay. Great, thank you. Okay, let's uh, let's begin uh, with the petitioner. Mr. Warfield, you ready to begin speaking? No. This is Peter Warfield, Executive Director, Library Users Association. Our complaint is pretty straightforward, and it's on page 778. This is a complaint and request for hearing regarding the following. One, the city librarian's refusal to talk or allow access to anyone, including himself, in his suite of offices at the main library after we knocked on the closed door during regular business hours on March 10th, 2023. Instead, he said, I would have to quote, come back on, come back Monday, which was March 13th. And second, the city librarian's representative, which is Margot Schaub, refusal to allow inspection of requested materials during regular business hours in her office or the city librarian's office on a separate day, the following, namely the following Monday, March 13th. She said she would allow no future inspection of the material previously provided by email at the city librarian's offices without an appointment. The law is quite clear. Section 67.21A, and let me say that I believe that the agenda is stating it incorrectly. I tried to get a correction from Mr. Sh uh, Chair Schmidt and from the administrator, and the way that the agenda reads is not what the complaint is, although it certainly is about 6721. So the first section, 6721A, that we cite, all of this has been on page 778. Every person having custody of any public record of public information, and so on and so forth, shall at normal times and during normal and reasonable hours of operation without unreasonable delay and without requiring an appointment 
permit the public record or any segregable portion of the record to be inspected and examined by any person. And section 67.21L as in Larry, inspection and copying of documentary public information stored in electronic form shall be made available to the person requesting the information in any form requested, which is available or easily generated by the department, its officers or employees, including disc, tape, printout, or monitor at a charge no greater than, than the cost of the media in which it's duplicated. Uh, the library, unfortunately, has a lengthy answer. We gave a lengthier response uh, to their answer, uh, which you can find on page 785. And their response, which we've marked, is on starts on page uh, 799. But I'd like to draw your attention with seven seconds remaining. The library merely required, this is from their answer, it's requ merely requires some reasonable advance notice from Mr. Warfield when he seeks an opportunity to inspect records that have already been provided by email. Mr. Warfield. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. We can now hear from the respondent. I think and, and again, let, let, let me just uh, confirm that the members have uh, already read the, the, the written documents in the record, so we, we know that we know the substance of the case, but but go ahead, Ms. Chuck. Sure, I was just going to refer back to the letter and our response that um, we promptly and fully complied with Mr. Warfield's public records request. Um, and um, he does not dispute that all records he sought from the library were provided to him. His allegations are not are inaccurate and fail to state any claim for violation of the Sunshine Ordinance. Um, when he knocked on the door to the office, the city librarian's office closes at five o'clock when he references Mr. City Librarian Lambert requesting that he come back on the 13th, I think he said. It's because the office is closed. And so um, the, the, the office closes at five o'clock every day and it was after hours. In response, I did not say that Mr. Warfield, when we had our interaction in my office, that he had to make an appointment. What I said was, I can't give you the documents right now because I don't have them. If you'd like to come back in 15 minutes, I can print them. I had already delivered him the public records request that he asked for by email and through the next request portal. So he had them and I just needed time to print them out. So I asked him to come back in 15 minutes. He refused. I said you didn't have 15 minutes, so I said, well, you can make an appointment and come back and pick them up whenever you would like. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, at this time, uh, members, do you have any questions for the parties? Um, this is Member Stein. I have a few questions um, for the petitioner and respondent. So, Mr. Warfield, what time do you recall going to the office originally? Was it before or after 5 p.m. in your recollection? Peter Warfield here. As I've described on page 768, uh, in the first full paragraph, we fully, the answer is it was before five o'clock, very definitely because for the reasons I've mentioned in the next two paragraphs, if I may read them, I think it would be clear. Well, I do remember you saying it there, but I just wanted to see if you still were maintaining that. But did you say it was like quarter to five? I came at approximately 20 to five 20 to the five. office for the first time and knocked on the closed door. And the, I'm not sure if she's still the chief financial officer, answered and I said, do you have something for me? 
because I wanted to see the paper actual documents. That that was a particular thing that they had, the library had already on March 8th told me they had provided. So she came back with a brown envelope and I said, thank you, went to a different right, part of the library, looked at it and came back before five to ask, to, to look for the material about the requested material. I certainly request agenda. I got, she gave me an agenda for the next week's commission meeting but not the material that I had requested and that the library claims was delivered by email. And then I subsequently went to the public relations office on another errand and they were open. They always closed sharply at five and I chatted with them. They have a clock. It was about five minutes till five. And yes, it was a Friday afternoon, but this was business hours and they were open and all the folks were there and we chatted for a while until they closed at five o'clock sharp. Okay, and then you also say in the packet that um, you were just expecting a copy of the documents that you were not asking to see personal workstations. Is that correct? That's right. And uh, I have to say that I don't know what is meant by personal. This sounds a little like when the library unlawfully denied us the so-called personal emails of the commissioners in a previous complaint that the, that the Sunshine Task Force found in our favor. Those, as far as I know, those uh, monitors, computers, offices are all publicly paid for. And even if they were quote unquote personal, whatever that means, if they're doing public information on those, then as I understand it, those are, uh, those can be, that material can be looked at and that's, what we quote in section 67, uh, that the law specifically says electronic information can be uh, inspected via printout or monitor. And then um, another question was, when you came back on Monday, do you recall being asked if you could wait 15 minutes to get yes, this material? Yes, I do. And uh, we had, let me say, before the 15 minutes was brought up, I had a whole lot of obstruction and resistance, as I mentioned on 778 in the original complaint. Uh, the same representative repeatedly and adamantly demanded to know why we were not satisfied with the previously emailed response, why we couldn't go and do, go and look on some computer at the library ourselves. On and on, she had plenty of time for that and expressing a kind of indignation, but there was no offer of a provision for in-person inspection. I had to finally do something I'm very reluctant to do in my dealings with anybody, and that is to specifically say, the law requires such and such. And at that point, and only then, did Ms. Schaub say, all right, I'm, I'm busy now, and if you wait 15 minutes, I will then attend to. I did not hear that she was gonna print anything. She was gonna deal with what I wanted. I had expected to start seeing immediately or get in an envelope the material I had requested eight days earlier and which, 10 days earlier approximately, and which she said had been supplied electronically on the 8th of March, five days before I was even there. That's what I expected, and I have done it over and over again. I've inspected places and the, and the executive offices. I've looked at monitors. I've looked at material that was handed to me as the agenda was, 
It was very routine, but this was refused this time. So it, was, and it was routine for them to give you the materials and hard copy when you had requested them. Yes, saying, okay, absolutely. And, and that, and I have that in the. I have that in the immediate disclosure requests, specifically saying I'd like the material via email and in person at your office, and that was standard boilerplate. I've I've drawn a line through one of the one of the attachments that shows an extra email, but it's from February, a month earlier, and it has the same boilerplate that I've provided uh, about how I would like to receive the responses. So it was pretty routine. And all of a sudden now it wasn't, and she insisted that I had to make an appointment before she no. would even print out anything. So when she said, when she asked if you could wait 15 minutes, um, you didn't think she was going to give you the materials at the end of that 15 minutes? No, she said she was busy and she had something else to deal with and that I should wait until presumably she was done with that business and then presumably she might print stuff out, but she might give me another, another load of objections and whatnot. And I've experienced these kinds of objections before, and I've had to politely say, look, this is how I requested it, and this is how I would appreciate getting it. Okay, thank you. Um, that, I think those were all my questions. Can I respond to that? I, sure. it, I mean, I... If, if Member Stein... It's, it's just not my, that wasn't my experience there. I, I told him I was doing, I, that just wasn't the experience. I feel like it's a very big mischaracterization. He did receive the documents. We gave it to him. I told him he could not inspect them on my computer. That was the only thing I said. I said, if he could come back in 15 minutes, because we don't print everything out the day that he asks for it. We deliver it through next request and we deliver it through email. And if he wants to come to the office and get them, then I'll print them out. But we are the library, we like to see paper and we're trying to be environmentally conscious. So I'm not printing out things unless I know for sure someone needs them or is gonna come pick them up. So that was the discussion that I had with Mr. Warfield. But did you did you see in his original request that he actually asked for the documents both by yes. email, specifically not through next request and also specifically in hard copy? He to inspect in our offices. So he doesn't always come and get them when I, when he asks for the hard copy. So since this interaction, what I've done is I now just, I print them out and I put them at the information desk at the main library. And if he picks them up, he picks them up. But at that time, the way that I interacted with Mr. Warfield, that I remember is he doesn't, he doesn't come to the office and they're there in the office for him to pick up. We send them to him by email and through next request. And if he requires them in hard copy to inspect, I then print them out for him. And okay, he came to the office and he said, do you have something for me? I said, what are you, I don't know what you're talking about. When he clarified what he wanted, I said, if you can either wait or come back in 15 minutes, I'll print them out for you. You specifically said you would print them out. Yes, I said, if you can come back in 15 minutes or wait 15 minutes, I'll print them out for you. I mean, I think okay, it was a I lot of printing. Mm -hmm. Can I just ask again to Ms. Warfield? do you recall being, being her saying specifically that she would print them out? I'm sorry, what about printing out? Um, the respondent says that she told you that if you could wait 15 minutes, she would print them out for you. Do you recall 
that being conveyed. Remember, there was a request to wait for 15 minutes while she did something entirely different. And as a matter of fact, I did not have time at that moment, but I fully expected, as with the agenda that I picked up Friday at about quarter to four, 20 to, I'm sorry, quarter to five, 20 to five, that I would be getting as Ms. Uh, uh, Singleton gave me an, an, a brown envelope with the agenda that I okay, I, I want to be really specific if you could just answer this yes or no. On Monday not, when you came back, did you do you recall her saying that she would print out the documents for you, yes or no? No, I recall okay. her saying she would deal with this and I didn't really know, first of all, how long the 15 minutes might actually be, given the resistance that I got when I first walked in and the many options that she was proposing for me to do as reasons why she shouldn't have to provide me anything there. I wasn't certainly sure that there would be anything printed when the 15 minutes was up. Okay, we have always but printed for them, and when she he's asked for them, we have given them to him. So I think again, this is a mischaracterization. I, I, I think I think we it's need to. Let's, let's let's just um, get some order here. I don't know if there's a question pending, so I don't want to have the parties arguing. But Member Stein, any more questions for the the parties here? Um, no. Okay. Okay, thank you. Uh, Member Wolf, um, I don't have any questions. Um, no, no questions. Uh, Member Stein covered all the Okay, yeah, uh, thank you. So at this point, we can determine the, the basics and figure out, we send this to the full task force to have everyone hear it. Obviously, we can't make any decisions here. That's the rules don't allow us to do that. Members, any thoughts? So I'm personally sort of torn on this because I feel like there's a serious dispute of facts about what actually happened. The stories are very, very different and depending on what happened, I might handle this differently, but I feel like I don't know what happened. I'm not even sure that if we discuss it further in the task force meeting that I'll have any idea you know exactly what happened. So, um, given that that's the case, I mean, if I felt like I knew, I mean, to me, if, 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 uh, you know, if the library had said, and there was agreement that they had said, just wait 15 minutes, come back, I'll print it out for you. Then I would argue that, well, 15 minutes is not an unreasonable delay. And, you know, in that case, I, I, don't think I would find a violation. You know, I would recommend consent calendar and no violation, but I feel like I don't know for sure what was said. Um, so I, I don't, guess I don't feel like there's much choice but to send it to the full task force from my point of view, but I don't know that there will be much more clarity there either. Any thoughts, Mr. Wolf, uh, Member Wolf? Yeah, um, I, again, I, well, I agree with uh, Member Stein uh, in part. Um, I would just, uh, forwarded to the task force with no recommendation. Uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the action, um, that was, uh, in, uh, intended by the complainant, uh, as the requester, uh, is, you know, as validity, um, what transpired, I'm not, I'm not completely clear on that at this point. Uh, but, 
uh, nonetheless, uh, whether it's within our jurisdiction or not, yes, it's within our jurisdiction. Um, are the records uh, public? Yes, the records are public. So I would uh, leave it at that. I think I think we're all on the same page here. Who wants to be the maker of the motion? I'll I'll move it. Okay. I'll move to uh, uh, to uh, uh, that we find that it's uh, the complaint is within jurisdiction of the Sunshine Ordinance, and um, that the records are public, um, and that uh, the uh, complaint. Uh, com complies with well i don't need to say that's within jurisdiction so yeah just those two points and to uh, forward it to the task force for uh a hearing schedule i can second that this is member stein okay public comment yes if there's any members of the public who like to make public comment you can approach the podium if you're online with us you can raise your hand by either pressing star three if you're on the phone or otherwise raising your hand I'm seeing no indication for uh, public comment on this matter. All right, vote. Member Wolf. Aye. Member Wolf, aye. Member Stein, aye. Member Stein, aye. Chair Schmidt, aye. Chair Schmidt, aye. Three in favor. All right, thank you to the parties. Uh, let's move to the next item. Item number seven, file number 23050, complaint filed by Michael Petrellis against Supervisor Aaron Peskin, President of the Board of Supervisors, for allegedly violating Administrative Code Section 67.29-5 by failing to respond to a request for Proposition G calendar in a timely and or complete manner. This is the first time this uh, matter has been heard. Okay. Um, I believe we heard that uh, Mr. Petros is present by, um, by uh, remotely. And is there anyone here on behalf of uh, Supervisor Aaron Peskin? Uh, we do have someone in, in the room. So we will start by hearing from the petitioner uh, for up to three minutes. And then uh, could we uh, get your name, uh, 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 the, the respondent? Yes, this is uh, Calvin Yan, Legislative A2 Supervisor Aaron Peskin. Okay. Calvin Yan. Yep. Okay, thank you. All right, when Cheryl's ready, we can hear from Mr. Petros. Uh, Mr. Petralis, are you with us? Yes, I am. Okay. You may begin. Um, I've just started my uh, stopwatch. Um, hi, this is Michael Petrellis, and um, I'm looking at the attachment here that's 34 pages. And I wish to call your attention to um, Peskin's response starting on page 16. Uh, first of all, I believe the overall attitude of Aaron Peskin here regarding his calendar is that he believes less is more, um, less information about who the attendees were, 
less information about how long he may have been at the meeting. And I find that unacceptable. I think in um, the matter of the Prop G calendars, that um, more information is what's necessary regarding topics discussed and attendees. Um, next point. Um, Aaron Peskin has been at City Hall um, since 2001. He's been there for decades. And if he is really this unfamiliar with how to keep a comprehensive uh, Prop G calendar, um, uh, it, it shows he's really not respecting our local sunshine laws. Now, on... Um, uh, what is page 16, oh, it's numbered page one, um, he talks about a revised record uh, regarding a meeting about the Castro Theater. Um, uh, and all of those names that he finally provided to me could have and should have been included in his um, original response. Um, then on page 17, he says under clarification, given my short attendance, approximately 10 minutes. Um, I don't think it matters, and I also do not believe that he really was at that meeting for only 10 minutes, given his extensive comments about the Castro Theater. Um, uh, he should have been providing this information um, uh, without uh, a further request. On um, page um, 17, under clarification, um, he says, given our office's numerous past exchanges, he says, it's the understanding that a legend of abbreviated staff names had been provided to me. Uh, even if they had been provided, which they hadn't previously, he has a duty to clearly spell out every attendee's name and not be so um, uh, nitpicky about he can't say Aaron Peskin and instead has to say the initials AP or he can't say Sonny Agulo, um, he has to say SA. Um, really, in every calendar entry, state all the full names. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, now uh, we can hear from the respondent. Uh, when Cheryl's ready. Are you ready to begin, Mr. Yan? Yes. Okay. Go ahead, sir. All right. Uh, thank you, com uh, commissioners. Um, uh, my name is Calvin Yan, representing Supervisor Aaron Peskin uh, on this file. Uh, and I think the, the complaint right now is referring to a request received um, and sent from Mr. Petrellis on April 18th. Uh, our office actually responded uh, quite quickly on April 20th within two days, uh, as soon as we can. Uh, I know that Mr. Petrellis has sent a follow-up email to, uh, clarifying some of the issues that or questions that he has about the calendar invite that we have sent him. 
uh, on April 20th and again on 26th. Unfortunately, our office did not see those clarification emails until we actually received an official complaint on April 27th. And at that point, we we're trying to clarify some of the question. And we, we just want to say that this is not the first time Mr. Petrellis has asked us to produce um, a calendar. He has been working closely with our staff who has been, you know, the person who's been creating these calendars um, multiple times. Um, Sarah Souza. So we always are open to answering any question that he has. Uh, on the three things that he has asked for about the attendees, uh, I, I don't know how we can debate whether uh, Supervisor Peskin has indeed only been the meeting regarding another planning for 10 minutes. There's not a, he was only there 10 minutes, so, he, so we were able only to provide whatever he was there for. On the second point, uh, meeting with a, a group of stakeholders. There was more than 10 members, so we did not initially include it, all the members, because there was no recollection of every single member that was there. And then the thirdly, staff didn't show same same reason that we provide, provided in the document, um, C-A-A-P. Uh, these these abbreviations has been used many times in many records. I, I don't understand why we, I don't understand why, why he has to, Ask for these again, but if he asks again, we're happy to provide it in the future. Uh, so I think overall, I, we our office thought that we provide information as soon as we can, uh, and we're always happy to work with him on any clarification that he has. Thank you. Thank you, members. Any questions? Um, so Member Stein, I do have a question for Mr. Petrellis. Um, you gave examples in your complaint of incomplete calendar entries. Were these examples a complete list of information you believed was incomplete um, or just representative examples? Representative examples. There are other instances where um, there is incomplete information about um, uh, attendees, their full names, uh, topics discussed, and um, uh, whether attendees represented a uh, corporation or so. Okay, thank you. That was my only question. All right. I have no questions for the parties here. It's very straightforward. Member Wolf, and we, we have seen a lot of these calendar cases, so um, we no think it's a pretty clear area. Okay, no questions from Member Wolf. Um, any um, anyone want to make a motion on this? I I would just suggest that um, just based on um, what our experience is with these. Maybe one thing that would be on the table possibly is whether it goes on the consent calendar as a violation case, but uh, I'll leave that to, to the other members. Otherwise, I, I'm sure that we do send this to the task force to resolve. Uh, I'll uh, I'll move that we find that yes these are uh, public records we do have jurisdiction the task force has jurisdiction and that this should be forwarded to the task force 
uh, to have a hearing on potential violations. I'll second that. Okay, let's uh, see if there's any public commenters. Yes, if any members of the public would like to make public comment, you can approach the podium at this time. If you're uh, remote, you can raise your hand by pressing star three if you're on the telephone, or otherwise using the application to raise your hand. I'm seeing no indications of public comment at this time. Okay, uh, public comment uh, is closed. Uh, let's vote. Chair Schmidt. Aye. Chair Schmidt, aye. Uh, Member Stein. Aye. Member Stein, aye. Member Wolf. Aye. Member Wolf, aye. Three in favor. Okay. All right. We've got, we have one more case matter. Um, again, with uh, Mr. Petros, is there a person here uh, on behalf of um, Dean Preston? Yes, we do have a representative here. Go ahead and call the case, Cheryl, and then we'll ask uh, for identification. Item number eight, file number 23051, complaint filed by Michael Petrellis against Supervisor Dean Preston, Board of Supervisors, for allegedly violating administrative code section 67.29-5 by failing to respond to a request for Proposition G calendar in a timely and or complete manner. Okay, um, could we get the name of the person who is here on behalf of uh, uh, Ms. Dean Preston's office? Jennifer Bolin, B-O-L-E-N. Thank you. All right, so first we'll hear from uh, Mr. Petrellis and then the respondent's office. Ms. Petrellis, are you ready to begin? Yes, I am. Um, I think this is um, uh, uh, relatively straightforward. Um, I was not provided the Prop G calendar within um, three business days. Um, and um, at, I think, the last uh, complaint uh, committee, it was um, affirmed that um, the Prop G law uh, does require uh, providing the calendars uh, within three days after a meeting has happened if a public request is made. So uh, my understanding, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that um, I should have been given the records requested because it was uh, well within that three-day period, and um, uh, Supervisor uh, uh, Dean Preston's office um, instead of giving me the doc the calendar, what was in those three business days, uh, they it took a 14-day extension. They granted themselves a um, two-week extension, and I was not at all pleased with that. Um, and I will end by saying, eventually, they did produce um, acceptable calendars with, um, it was clearly explained um, where meetings took place, who was in attendance, topics discussed, length of meetings, etc. So the issue was not what was um, in the calendars, it was 
uh, the length it took for them to be released. Thank you. All right, great, thank you. And when Cheryl's ready, we can hear from Ms. Bowen. Are you ready, Jennifer? Okay. Hi, everyone. Um, uh, everything Mr. Petrella says is correct. Uh, and I just want to share that after the last task force meeting where um, at a similar issue with Mr. Petrella, or Mr. Petrella had a similar issue with our office um, on the advice of the discussion after task force, we changed the processes in our office and also reviewed things with staff and supervisor and ourselves to make sure that we change our process on the calendar to make sure that we're able to produce things within a three-day time period um, so we don't waste the task force time anymore or the public's time anymore. Um, and that's all I have all I have to say. I just didn't want to not show up because that'd be rude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Any questions for the members? Um I have a question for the respondent, uh, Ms. Bolin. Are you aware that you can just agree that there's been a violation if, if no? Okay. No, I, sorry about, that. I not used to this. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cause there, I think there's a form that we send to you um, initially when there is a complaint, which asks if you want to contest that there's a violation or not. And I think in the case of your office, you all have realized that there was a problem with the Prop G calendar. Hopefully it is fixed, but if you know that there was a violation, you can just say that you don't contest it. And then um, that also helps streamline the process. If there's just been a clear violation. Thank you. Hopefully I'll never have to use that again though. Yeah. And just tell her probably uh, affirmation letter as well, because it's pretty clear in there as well. Um, so there's an affirmation letter. I guess that you get, yeah. um, and it's clear in there how that part of the process works. That's all. Is there anything I should be doing now on that for you, or just for if there is a next time to keep in mind? I I think that I what think, please oh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, we're probably going to, um, if the members agree, we'll probably send this on. Um, to the task force uh, as a consent calendar matter because it appears that there's no contest being made here and you're you're not contesting that there's a that there was a violation uh, and that's all we would need I I don't think there's any need to have the 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 document written because we can't make a final decision of any kind here anyway it would have to be rubber stamped at the task force consent hearing um i just want to point out uh consent calendar when it's heard it's heard at the task force level it's not required that the parties be present okay so if you can't make it okay thank you yeah 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 uh, and members uh, who, who would like to make the motion to um send this on to the consent calendar um i can do it if, if you don't want to but um uh, so I will just say these are public records that are under our jurisdiction and that we forward it to the consent calendar for um, a violation of 67.29-5. Um, 
for not responding in a timely manner to a request for a Prop G calendar. Second. Okay, uh, any public comment? Yes, if there's anybody who would like to make public comment at this time, you can approach the podium or otherwise use the application to raise your hand. I, I believe we do have someone in the room here, Victor. If there's nobody online, let's uh, go ahead uh, with our public commenter here. Yes, there's nobody online for public comment. We can move to the in-person public comment. Okay, when Cheryl is ready. Ready, Ms. Warfield? Yes. Peter Warfield, Executive Director, Library Users Association, Library Users. 2004 at yahoo.com and PO Box 170544, San Francisco, California, 94117-0544. We're not a party to this. We're not familiar with this, except from what we've seen and heard in the room. But what I would like to say is that it strikes me as, uh, from the perspective of somebody who's followed somewhat what goes on at Sunshine, we've had several years of very numerous complaints. You might call it an audit of city departments with respect to violations of Prop G. Over and over, there were dozens upon dozens upon dozens of violations. I'm not sure how many of those, if any, were directed towards supervisors. But I do think that the rep repetitive nature of these violations suggests a number of things that I think the Sunshine Task Force should be interested in looking into. I have a great deal of respect and appreciation for the supervisors and in particular Dean Preston, and I appreciate the fessing up, if you like, to making an error. But I do think that there's potentially something that the Sunshine Task Force ought to do under its, I believe it's Article 4, its duties to uh, advise and report and even suggest changes to the law as they see fit. And when there is over and over and over and over again, dozens upon dozens of violations, it seems to me it would be very valuable for the Sunshine Task Force, including yourselves, especially since you have folks here, to find out what's the problem. Uh, is it a lack of education? Have folks not gone to the city attorney's annual um, education session on Sunshine, on the Sunshine Ordinance and what department heads, for example, and others are required to do under that law. Maybe they're not mentioning it. I don't know. But I think that when there's constant and consistent and frequent violations over and over, despite your having ruled on what the law requires, I think it would be valuable to take the opportunity to find out and do a little research, especially while you have them here about what's going on and why. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's vote on that.
did not hear who was seconding your motion. Member Wolf. Member Wolf, great. Thank you. Member Stein? Aye. Member Stein, aye. Member Wolf? Aye. Member Wolf, aye. Uh, Chair Schmidt? Aye. Chair Schmidt, three in favor. All right, next item. Item number nine, announcements, comments, questions, and future agenda items by members of the complaint committee. I don't, um, I don't have anything on this item. Any other members have anything you want to bring up? Nope. Okay. So, um, nothing on that. I guess we probably should move on and adjourn number 10. Item number 10? Yeah. Item number 10, adjournment. I have 714. Move to adjourn. Second. Wait. You aren't done with that one. <laughs>